What's up, everybody? We are back with the Hot Buy Happy Hour. Quinn here with you, with the guys. We got Kobe. We got Sammy. Sammy, what's going on, man? Nothing much, buddy. Hanging out with you guys, smoking uh, my father, Lay Bijou, today that I picked up from my buddies over at Best Cigar Prices. Promo code Sammy Claus if you want to hit them up. Uh, drinking a nice IPA today. Uh, I wouldn't call it a session IPA, but it's still kind of kind of on the lighter side. Uh, Hot Fish IPA, uh, Flying Fish Brewing Company. Can't really go wrong with them. They're uh, they're pretty solid. Uh, got a good selection of beers, but I like their IPAs. What about you, Kobe? I've got the uh, Stone Imperial Star Star Fokker again. Uh, one of my favorites. It's a scary, scary beer. Nine uh, percent, and it tastes like three percent. Goes down like water. Uh, what about you, Quinn? Uh, we're hanging out tonight drinking a uh, Rogue Dead and Dead Ale. It's a twist off of their Dead Guy Ale. It's the Dead Guy Ale, but it's aged in a vanilla bourbon barrel. Gorgeous beer. You really get a real punch of that vanilla in the aftertaste. Really smooth, good, heavier beer. Uh, now, Sammy, I know you were talking about, um, you, were, you said you were smoking something. What was that again? It's called a My Father Le Bijou. Now, if someone wanted a My Father Le Bijou, where should they go? Go hit up, hit up my buddies over at bestcigarprices.com. Uh, like I said, that promo code Sammy Claus is still out there. Uh, they got a, a good selection, uh, as good as anybody else you'll find on the, uh, on the Internet. And hit them up. They'll, uh, they'll match any price. That's why they're called Best Cigar Prices. So go hit those guys up with the promo code Sammy Claus. Yeah, Sammy, you're out here saving people money on cigars. I'm out here right now to help you put money in your pocket to buy cigars, and you can do that with Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that will have the biggest impact on the game. You choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over $140,000 guaranteed in prizes, and that was just for week one. They have awarded over $4 million. Thrive has a weekly guaranteed $100,000 contest. It is only $20 to enter, and first place takes home $20,000. Use promo code FFAffair when you sign up today, and you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. And who doesn't like free money? Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. We got an action-packed show here for you today. We're going to go over, as always, week five recap. We're going to talk about some breaking news involving head coaches as we're recording here on Monday night. And we're going to give you our way too early, about quarter of the way through the season, NFL honors. And as always, we're going to go through our game picks and our X factors for upcoming week six of the season. And then, of course, you know, you're going to have 
Kobe's prime beef take, Sammy's number one bullshit. I'll hit you with a music moment and we'll get out of here. You guys ready to go? Let's go. All right. So right away, I think it's time to hit the fucking topic. John Gruden's gone. Gruden is no more with the Vegas Raiders due to a lot of comments and emails stemming all the way back to 2010 and going all the way up until 2018. John Gruden has been asked to resign and obliged in that state, in that fact, from his coaching duties. So Gruden's no more. What are your thoughts on this right now, Kobe? Um, I mean, uh, good riddance. I mean, it, it was one thing when it was one email and it's like, ah, you really can't say that. Like, dude, like what, what, what the hell is your problem? But when you, whenever they say it's seven years worth of stuff and it's not just the one, it is several cases of, um, racism, sexism, homophobia, just not a good look for the Raiders, not a good look for Gruden. Um, so actually, let me re- plug in what just came up on my phone here. There was the exchange involving topless photos wearing of women wearing nothing but bikini bottoms of Washington football team cheerleaders. At the time, they would have been Washington Redskins cheerleaders. In the emails? Yep. What was he like, peeping photos in the locker room? I mean, I guess you had to do something to relieve the nerves pregame. So, so now we have um potentially now he's a sex offender (laughs) no it's so i think i mean that a lot of that's going to stem back to the shit that hit dan snyder i think it was last off season um so we might see a whole new shit storm brewing up in uh washington dc around the football team here with dan snyder maybe more pressure for him to sell the team we'll see how that goes um but I think it, it was because we already knew that Dan Snyder was pimping out cheerleaders. So we'll see where this goes from here. Uh, Sammy, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, just like you talked about with the, the, the multiple years worth of, of information that's coming out and emails that are coming out, it shows a pattern. Um, do, do I give anybody a pass for a, a one-time racist comment? No, I, I, I wouldn't. But at the same time, if it was a one and done, um, you know, you, you say your apologies and some people may be able to, to move on. Uh, but when you see a pattern of stuff like this, uh, whether it's sexism, racism, or any type of other ism that's out there, and it just, it shows you the type of character of, of John Gruden. It's, uh, yeah, I gotta be honest with you. It, it, it's really surprising. It really is to me. Um, I was never a big fan of his as a coach, even when he was with the Bucks and won a Super Bowl with them all those years ago. Uh, and it was like two years later, you could drive around Tampa and there was all kinds of fire bucks bumper stickers. So just as a coach, I never really thought very highly of him, but he kind of carried himself like he was, a uh, like he was a good person, good head on his shoulder, good character guy. And obviously some of these emails are coming to light to show, show completely otherwise. What yeah. Think, it's, it's something that like at, like, and I was kind of, I was kind of with you and Kobe. I was like, you know, if it was one email 21 or 11 years ago, it's, it's something that you're like, okay, you know, you fucked up. 
you know, you say your apologies, you can move on, everything's fine. But then all of a sudden it comes out that you're calling Roger Goodell homophobic slurs. There's been multiple racial comments around people's lips. And, you know, then you're exchanging misogynistic information about women, exchanging topless pictures of multiple women, some of whom were Washington cheerleaders. And it's like there's there starts to become a trend here. And when this trend is clearly shown and developed, there's just no way that you can recover from that. And it, as all this information was continuously coming out, I was sitting here today. I was at work kind of looking at all this coming out. I was like, oh, he's done. Oh, he's done. But I wasn't sure when it would happen. It definitely happened a lot faster than I thought it would. And kind of kudos to the Raiders organization for getting on top of it as fast as possible. Um, it, from what I read, I think as this information was coming out, Al Davis drove out to the Raiders facility Mark. and met with John. Is it golly? Uh, uh, Davis drove out to the Raiders facility, met with uh, Gruden for about an hour, and at the end of the meeting, Gruden agreed to resign. So, what's something that's interesting to me and in how this is going to play out was the. Uh, the 10 year, $100 million contract that Gruden had signed. And I wonder if the reason that they asked him to resign was so that as, because he resigned from the position, they wouldn't have to pay him that contract out. Yeah. He was forced yeah. to resign with cause. So yeah, it would have been, four, it would have been four cause. It would have been four cause. They, they would have been clear. I think. Yeah. No, I'm sure a, there is a thought that crossed package. my mind. I'm sure there is some level of severance package. I think that's why the meeting took an hour and not, not 10 minutes yeah it was they couldn't just can them because there was a contract signed that had a lot of money going to them so but uh i think to close that up john gruden's a shithead knock on wood if you're with me there you go all right hey so so full disclosure this happened fuck john so gruden the- fuck the raiders <laughs> this this happened so late in the game it was, uh, it was too late to become Sammy's number one bullshit, but obviously this would have been Sammy's number one bullshit. Yeah, this news literally broke within an hour of us starting this recording session. Yeah, so um, yeah. so let's talk about Gruden's last week as an NFL head coach, week five. Uh, Kobe, what you got? Uh, how poetic is it that his very last loss, or his very last game was a loss to Khalil Mack? That's uh, fucking beautiful. That's... To me, that's awesome. That, 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 that was is pretty good. interesting. That was a good win for the Bears against a team that, quite frankly, I think was a better team. And, uh, well, even even given the um, off-the-field stuff, a better coach team. Um, I still think Gruden was a better coach than Nagy. Um, you know, trebuchet of the sun. You know how it goes. But, uh, yeah, that was a, a good – that was a fun defensive game to watch, too, uh, for – Pure, purest football fans like myself, defense wins championships. Um, what'd you think of that, Sammy? That game specifically, I have written in my notes, Chicago, 119 yards passing. This offense is trash. So <laughs> I don't know if we can I don't know if we can say good defensive performance as much as I guess question what the hell is going on offensively with Chicago. I expected better things from Justin Fields as he got more and more comfortable. And I know he got kind of banged around a little bit, but uh, it's not an excuse to only have, I think for him, it was only 111 yards passing. 
So not a not a very good show out for the uh, Chicago Bears offense at all. Not that Carr was much better with two oh six and one interception. Yeah, as a uh, as a Carr fantasy owner in one of my leagues, uh, fuck you. Um, but and so I was I was curious because it was you know Khalil Mack versus Gruden who traded him away. So I did look up his stats. He had eight tackles uh, and a sack in that game. So. When you and when you look at his other games, I mean, against the Rams, he had a tackle and a sack. Bengals, two tackles and a sack. Two tackles against the Browns, a tackle against the Lions. Without a doubt, far and away his best game of the season of his 14 tackles. He had eight in that game, and he had a one sack out of his five in that game. So, I mean, a, definitely a, a good showing from Khalil Mack against his former team. Um, but for me. That game was that game was interesting, but there were two games that really, really stood out on Sunday, and that was our one o'clock game that went to overtime between the Bengals and the Packers, and the offensive clusterfuck that was Cleveland and the Chargers. And I, th- I, I was fucking locked in. Obviously, I was going to be locked in on the Chargers game no matter what, but that Packers and Bengals game. It genuine. Me and Kobe were texting throughout it, and both of us just kind of sit there asking ourselves, "Does either team want to win?" To see just five in a row missed field goals. What the fuck is happening? Uh, that was bad. The worst part was that McPherson thought he made that one. I know. <laughs> you see him celebrating, thinking they won the game. Nah, oh, buddy, you missed. He's hugging the holder. He's jumping up and down, and everyone. Like and it's in uh, Cincinnati, and they're all the fans are like, "Dude, no, you, you missed it." Like, no. <laughs> I want to go back because me and you were texting throughout that, and I think <clears throat> fucking tech, here, Kobe, go ahead or uh, Sammy, go ahead and what are your thoughts on that fucking Packers Bengals game? While I fucking find these texts because it's hilarious. I was surprised about how <laughs> efficient Joe Burrow was. Uh, 26, 38, 281, uh, two and two. So he had the two picks, obviously that's not great, but I was just surprised overall with how well he played. Uh, and then my other takeaway from that is I think the Packers week after week become more and more reliant on Devonte Adams, 16 targets in this game, 206 yards, receiving one touchdown running backs had nine targets. Everyone else on the team only had 10. So Devonte's getting 16 and everybody else together has 19. That's just absolutely crazy. And I think they're becoming more and more dependent on, on him. Hey, he's a good weapon. He catches the ball, caught 11 of those 16 targets. So, you know, he's producing, but man, that's a, a that, that's a lot of chips to put on one guy, you know? Yeah, but I mean, I, at this, I agree. I'm not, I'm not going to say this to disagree, but when you have a guy as good as Devontae Adams, you want him to be getting – all those looks all game long. I think you would be able to scheme other people open though. That's, that's kind of my point. Yeah. Like, that's, all right, that's fair. Devante is going to pull so much attention. He's going to get double teamed. And Aaron Rodgers has even talked about this on, uh, on some shows that I've seen him on. He's going to pull double coverage and he's good enough to beat it enough times where you get him those 16 targets. But at some point, like why not just take the easier, the easier read? Yep, and maybe it's, maybe it's not there because he doesn't have the quality on the outside, and a Randall Cobb who's still kind of getting up to speed again with the team, or 
you know, whatever the case may be. So yeah, that I'm, was my I'm big takeaway with them. You there, Sammy. Uh, Randall Cobb absolutely is up to speed with the team. He's just fucking old. He's getting all of those third down looks. The problem was is the Bengals really, really paid a lot of attention to Randall Cobb on those possession downs. And because Devontae's double covered and because they have uh, uh, Randall Cobb um, bracketed and, and have, an, have a guy on him, there wasn't really a third option. And, and that's kind of where the struggles began is if you take away those two, um, then, yeah, it was hard. But uh, I watched Randall Cobb absolutely eviscerate the Steelers last week on third down. So it was – I don't think he's having any trouble keeping up with the team. When you say Randall Cobb's old, he's 31. Devontae Adams is 28. That's not that big of a difference. He's not oh. Emmanuel Sanders. Here, hang on. More news. More news real quick about the Gruden situation. Uh, Raiders assistant coach Rich Biasi is expected to replace John Gruden as the team's interim head coach. Really? So there you go. Not the D.C. That's, that's crazy. I thought it would be Gus Bradley just because he had head coaching experience. That was a theory. But uh, here we go. So I found these texts between me and Kobe. My phone just rolled all the way back. Yeah, so just so just so y'all can hear how crazy these one o'clock games were all together at the same time. I'm about to sneeze. No, I'm not. Maybe I am. I don't know. Um, so I texted Kobe. I said, Packers just missed the field goal. Bengals ball, 2-12 left, tie game. He just sends me back a uh, ellipses. Then I said, Lions are about to go for two for the win, and they got it. He says, holy shit. Um, Lions forced a fumble with a minute 20 left, scored, went for two, got it. Then we talked a little bit about the Steelers game, uh, talking about them kicking the field goal to go up eight. Then I said, Bengals hit the upright. What the fuck? Packers, he texts back, Packers already in range now. I said, Vikings are now in range. Kobe says, wow, two valiant efforts potentially about to be futile. I said, three teams about to try a game-winning kick at the exact same time. Vikings, Packers, and Patriots. Crosby missed again. Vikings win. Patriots win. He said, wow, overtime? I said, yep. Outside of Tampa, every game is close right now. Bengals get the ball first. Then... A little bit of gap, but after the um, after the Pierre gets the pick after dropping one earlier to seal the game for the Steelers, I said that was poetic. on the same drive. Dropped yeah. one on on the sideline, and then in the end zone, three plays later. Yep, three plays later, season. gets the game winning pick, and at James Pierre, role player, uh, rookie. Um, so it yeah, was. I, I literally I said I said that was so poetic that he was still the one that sealed it after dropping it earlier. Um, but then. I said, Crosby missed again. And then Kobe texts me another one right as I send Bengals miss again. And they thought it was good. What is happening? How many in a row is that now? Five. Does anyone want to win this game? And then, <laughs> then I text, if Crosby misses another one, finally. And then we start talking the Chargers game because Kobe texts me big parm. But yeah, which is that, what Keenan calls uh, David Parham, which is awesome. Yeah, fucking. 
all of those one o'clock games, the fact that there were legit three game winning field goals being attempted at the exact same time is just so fucking cool. And then three more were tried in one game after that. Yeah. Hey, what yeah. other did you, guys, did you guys have any other takeaways from any of the early games? Um, last thing I want to take away on the early games was uh, one thing I've been preaching all year is the Steelers are improving on the O line every week, and this week it finally paled uh, uh, through. 122 rushing yards for Najee Harris, big game. But the bigger takeaway was what 41 points in the fourth quarter of that Chargers game. Yeah, 41 points, 400 and seven yards i think just in the fourth just in the fourth 1083 yards that game 12 total touchdowns just complete chaos um hey, can i hey can, can i bring something up go back to one of our previous guests that we had yeah A- anytime nick chubb does anything good i get an immediate text from my brother that says hey remember that time you had a guest on your podcast that question the shit out of you taking Nick Chubb at number five overall. <laughs> I'm not even Nick. holding on to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even holding on to it, but my brother does, and it's hilarious every time. I don't even I don't even need to watch a, a Browns game. I get updates from him like he's ESPN. <laughs> and that's all he says every time. You should set that to his text. <laughs> Remember the fucking sports called- center. <laughs> I should. We're gonna have to have Nick on here with baseball playoffs in full swing. Oh, a hundred percent. That's that's completely fair. We might even we might have to do one where we. That's gonna be twenty minutes of me being completely stuck. Yeah, we, we'll probably wait. Maybe maybe we'll do it when the uh, our our pod for when the World Series is starting to kick in. There you go. After the NLCS and ALCS, we'll do one where we bring Nick back in talk some baseball um yeah that i i called Co- so kobe called me because there was that one play that keenan allen kind of almost fumbled but didn't and i was watching the game on my phone and kobe called me and i think kobe might have experienced the briefest conversation with me he's ever heard in his entire life he Wait, called me doing, brother yeah, he called me and said, how you feeling, brother? I said, I think it was incomplete. I'm going to go back to watching the game now. Click. That was the entire conversation. And he just texted me. He said, I forgot you watched the game on your phone. My bad. <laughs> but yeah, the that might be my favorite. The fourth quarter of that game might be my single favorite quarter of football I've ever watched in my entire life. And it produced the funniest play I've ever seen. I'm cur- Which one was go that on. To me, it might be funnier than the butt fumble. Austin Eckler trying to go down and Miles Garrett and five other Browns picking his little ass up and dragging him, carrying him. <laughs> like, <laughs> crowd surf right into the end zone. That, that's, what, that's what I said earlier today. I said they crowd surfed his ass into the end zone. Austin Eckler went to a uh, Slipknot show, and that's how he ended up in a touchdown that play. <laughs> and it's like, I saw people online, they were like, why didn't the Chargers just kneel it? And then, you know, like try to kick a game winning field goal. So I was like, well, my God, your kickers missed two PATs this game. He clearly doesn't deserve a job. For the record, if you own a Chargers jersey and you're in the area, just show up to practice tomorrow, please. 
Um, if, if you, th- if you think you can make a feel a PAT, just show up to practice. Hey, don't talk too much about kicking Quinn. Move on. We will get that. We'll get to there. But, um, <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, I think Staley made the right call. You don't expect the other team to pick up your player and carry him into the fucking end zone. I mean, fantasy owners were happy. It's funny. I was just about to text y'all seeing uh, specifically Kobe, because I know he's an owner of Eckler in a lot of leagues, uh, how he felt about Eckler sliding down at the two, even though it was the correct football decision. It hurt him in fantasy. And then he got carried into the end zone the very next play. I was like, well, never fucking mind. <laughs> well, it's like I was actually okay with it because he already had two touchdowns anyway. Yeah, he was already having a good game. It, it'd be but, different if he didn't already get two touchdowns in the fourth quarter or or whatever, or the second touchdown in the fourth quarter, and I wasn't at that point already slaughtering Sammy in fantasy. You weren't, though. You weren't, though. It wasn't until that fourth quarter of that game. That well, yeah, because Eckler scored three so, touchdowns in that quarter. That's what I'm saying. He already had two of the touchdowns at that point. The win expectancy, because we're playing each other, the win expectancy went from me being like a 60% favorite to win on sleeper to like a 15% favorite over the course of me driving back from the bar in the first couple minutes of the first quarter. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? I missed the the first two touchdowns. Like, this is bullshit. Yeah. No, uh... no. I wasn't pounding beers. I was completely fine to drive for those of you that may be asking. Since I said, I drove back. No, Florida state wasn't playing. He was stone cold sober. Accurate. Um, but since we're talking about big fantasy performances, one, that game was loaded with them, but one guy I want to talk about David and Joku. I don't have his stats pulled up, but I I can just tell you off watching that game. I know David and Joku went fucking ape shit. So, like yeah, I thought I thought about including him in my write up uh, with, yeah, with Cleveland, but I I own him in 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 a couple leagues. I would never play him. That's the that, thing. That's with, my thing. With, is it, so like this is my question though. Is he tied in one over Austin Hooper in Cleveland? Because that's what it looked like to me on Sunday. He always was. No, he was not. No, absolutely not. He he gets more snaps, even no. though he gets more of the run run blocks. He gets more of the run block snaps too. He's on the field more often. I swear. Maybe I'm full of shit. It's up to y'all to prove it. But uh, those stats, Quinn, uh, uh, seven for a buck 49 and a touch. Yeah. And it was damn near two. He damn near had a second one. I think he yeah, got pushed was- out like at the four or something. And then on, they like, ran it in. Yard catch. Yeah. Like it was, it was close to have, he was close to having a couple of them. And I think. Is, is it? I think Baker's starting to trust Njoku more than either receiver on that team. Whether it be Higgins, or I mean, in this case, really more Higgins or Odell. But what do we, Odell's dropping wide open targets. Yeah, on fourth and two. Hit him right um, in the chest. Yeah, and like I saw, like I, even I, I think Kobe, I think me and you questioned it together. I questioned it in a couple other chats that I was in because I was talking with a lot of Browns fans throughout that game. But um, we were, you know, imme- my immediate thought was, why not run it there? But then I was like, on second thought, I mean, the play fucking worked. Your receiver just dropped it. Your be- the supposed best hands on your team. But the uh, the other guy I want to talk about is the guy that I think is now wide receiver one in LA. I don't think it's Keenan anymore. I've watched Keenan drop enough passes this season to think that it's not him at this point. 
Mike Williams is the wide receiver one with the Chargers organization right now. I've I've seen Keenan have enough drops that I think it's Mike. And I sent uh, I sent Kobe a tweet. I can't remember the. I think the numbers were at not at halftime, but I think it was at the end of the third quarter. Mike Williams had twelve targets, and no other player on the Chargers had more than five. Yeah, that was the. Yeah, that was it. By the well, it end, ended, of- it ended six, 16 to nine between Allen and and Williams. Yeah. So yeah. So Mike Williams finished with sixteen targets. He caught eight of them. One was also like a forty-yard pi. So you could almost, if he wasn't PI'd, add 40 yards to this stat line. But so he had eight receptions for 165 yards and two touchdowns. The man averaged 20 yards a catch. And like as preposterous as that number sounds, you look at his other games, he had 10 yards a catch, 13, 17, and 11. Like obviously 20 is a bit of an outlier, but not too extraordinarily so. And I mean, outside of that Raiders game where he just didn't get the ball because our tight ends decided to go off that game, 12 targets, 10 targets, nine targets, and 16. It's very clear to me that Herbert really likes Mike Williams and is going to find ways to get him the football. There were snaps in that game that I was like, yep, this is a Keenan down. And then the ball went to Mike. Like it'd be like third and four. I was like, yep, this is Keenan time. Ball goes to Mike on a stick route. Herbert likes Mike. Period. So here, so here's my follow-up question then, because I had this in my notes and I wanted to bring it up. I knew we'd get to this game. Obviously, is it time to sell Keenan? He's still got name value. Yeah, uh, and and six for seventy-five. You know, in a PPR format, that's gonna. It get wasn't you a numbers. bad game, you know. And then that's right. You that's potentially tack a touchdown on that, and it's a really good game. I actually think I'm content owning both of them. Like. It's very rare that I'm like, yeah, I want both receivers on the same team in a league. That's actually why I traded Justin Jefferson in a league. And it was in a dynasty league. I traded Jefferson. It's a super flex league. Um, and it was when Wentz was hurt. So I traded Jefferson for Keenan Allen and um, Ryan Tannehill. I, the, the guy knew I needed a quarterback. He was looking to get younger. I'm in win now. It made sense for both of us. But I also have Adam Thielen in that league. I didn't like having both receivers on the same team. Um, this is one of the few situations where I would be content starting Keenan Allen and Mike Williams every single week in fantasy. Because yeah, I, don't know if you could, I don't know if you could dispute that. Yeah, I'm, I'm content doing both of them. I mean, one of them had a monster game. The other had a very solid... So here, I'm actually, um, right now, I'm going to pull up Keenan Allen's numbers on the season. So we had nine for 100, four for 108, eight for 50 in a score, seven for 36. That's that Raiders game again. And even still, that's a 10.6. And then six for 75. He has not had a bad game in fantasy still. He's not getting in the end zone. That's, that's the one thing. And I think that's going to change moving forward. It's got to yeah. at some point. He's too good of a receiver. The thing is, right now, Mike's the one getting in the end zone, or fucking Big Parm. That's looks right. like his two reds, his two big end zone targets. He's fallen down yeah. the route or been pi'd. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he had a touchdown in this Dallas game where he had four for one hundred eight, and 
fell down on the route and that led to a Herbert interception. And if you look at that playback, it was a touchdown. So you could probably give him five for 115 and a score if he doesn't fall on the break. And I mean, and if you look at his target count, 13, 8, 12, 11, 9, like he's still averaging double digit targets a game. You don't ever, I don't think you ever sell a guy that's averaging double digit targets, especially when yeah. they're, when their catch percentage is in the mid to high 60s almost every single time. Exactly. So, hey, can I do a quick little, can I do a quick little speed round with some of the other takeaways I got? Go for it. Just a few. All right, so uh, first thing, Robert Woods actually showed out. I was talking pre-pod with these guys. I'm pretty sure that that means Robert Woods listens to the pod. Like uh, we talked about with CEH, Saquon, and some other guys. Uh, He had 12 for 150, so we motivated him. You're welcome, Robert Woods owners. Uh, Kyle Pitts, nine catches, 10 targets, 119 yards, one touchdown. Is that because of Calvin Ridley not being there, or is this starting to see Kyle Pitts getting – more comfortable in an NFL scheme and how they're going to use him in Atlanta. One guy I'm really, really high on. Go ahead. Uh, that was it. You said it's both. All right. Uh, I might actually have to agree with you there. The uh, the other one I think you guys need to need to target in a pickup. Uh, you know, trade whatever it is in Dynasty. Cortland Sutton. He had a big game, 120 yards receiving, but he's got 19 targets over the past two weeks. I think you're seeing him almost get force-fed uh, somewhat in that Denver offense. So I think you can get some some good value buying Sutton now and uh, and just ride him for the rest of the year. Are you worried that's injury related? And then my last one, I'll... Eh. I mean Judy's out for the year, so it might be injury related, but it's going it to be consistent throughout the season. Yeah, exactly. And the other one I want to mention, I realized Julio wasn't playing. AJ Brown was back. Ryan Tannehill only threw the ball 22 times. That's crazy. I understand you got Derrick Henry, but we expected them to to throw the ball a little bit more and hit some big plays. And uh, you haven't seen it at all from A.J. Brown so far this year. Yeah, he's a little nicked up. But uh, 22 attempts by the Tennessee Titans. I am uh, – I'm, I'm an A.J. Brown owner in a couple leagues. I'm out on him. It's, uh, it's not, a, not a good situation. That's all I got. Yeah, um, I'm with you on a lot of that. I mean, I can't say I fault him for running the ball when you got Derrick Henry, who had 29 carries for 130 and three touchdowns. Uh, yeah, I'm I can't. that ball. Holy I, shit, did that just happen? I, Sorry, I the Ravens just you. blocked a field goal while down eight. Down like it would, that, that was going to be game over eight. if the Colts hit that and the Ravens blocked it. Wow. Calais Campbell. Well, he is six foot nine. Um, so, yeah, so the Ravens have life. So I want to I want to jump back here, get back into our way too early's. I think we'll kind of rapid fire through this. Um, so what I want to do is we're going to rotate through of us since it's the order of our uh, call here. We'll do me, then Kobe and then Sammy on. We're going to pick three players. The other two people will pick who their winner is for each kind of major award MVP offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, offensive rookie, defensive rookie, coach of the year, comeback player. I think it kind of hits all the big ones. Obviously you can't really predict Walter Payton man of the year. That is a big one as well. Um, so we'll start it off. 
MVP, I'll go ahead and give my three guys here. Right now, I'm going Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray. Uh, Kobe. I'm going to go Justin Herbert. I just, I think he's more consistent in the passing than Kyler. And I just don't want to vote for Tom Brady again. He's won the MVP like 95 times. He's won Super Bowl like 43 times. Let someone else win, damn it. What do you think, Sammy? I'm going to go Tom Brady. Uh, I don't even think that's a homer pick. I just think the numbers that guy's putting up are just absurd, man. Uh, I think right now it's Tom Brady. I think a, a close second is Kyler. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. All right. Kobe, Offensive Player of the Year. Offensive Player of the Year. Um, and you and I talked about this. We were going non-quarterbacks on this, right? Yeah, that's traditional. I mean, obviously, uh, Derrick Henry um, is up there. Uh, so, Derrick Henry, let's do Austin Eckler, and let's do, let's do two Chargers, Mike Williams. Uh, Quinn? Yeah. Um, as tempting as it is to take either of the two Chargers – it's still Derrick Henry. The dude's insane. I mean, we're sitting here five weeks through the season. I mean, sure, he only had 58 yards in week one, but he's ran for 182, 113, 157, and 130 following that. That's insane. The dude is unbelievable. Oh, and don't forget in that game that he had 182 yards rushing. He also had 55 through the air. Like, He's also – he's already at seven touchdowns on the season. He's incredible. He, he's absolutely incredible. I don't think there's anybody else if, – if he keeps up this pace, he's going to break records. There's no way anyone else wins it. And maybe even if he keeps up this pace, he deserves to be an MVP conversation. I think he did last year. I'm going to make it easy. Exactly the same thing you just said. Yeah, I, I'm going Derrick Henry. The, the dude's nuts. Uh, Sammy, defensive player of the year. Oh, let me scroll down. I had my stuff out of order. All right, defensive player of the year. I'll go Miles Garrett, Matthew Judon, and Trayvon Diggs. Kobe, go for it. Uh, it's it's got to be it's got to be Diggs, right? I mean, he has more interceptions than either of those guys have sacks. And it's, that's a lot of interceptions. Garrett has seven sacks. Diggs has six picks. But yep. still. I thought, uh, Garrett had six intercepts or six. Uh, he got one against the Chargers okay. to put him up to seven. Ah, shit. Okay. Well, okay. Even still, if Trayvon Diggs did not get a single other pick the rest of the season, six interceptions is a lot of interceptions. And I don't think he's going to be slowing down anytime soon. So I'm going digs. What do you think, uh, Quinn? Yeah, um, I'm right with you. I'm double checking the single season INT record because I know it's held like by Night Train and it's 14. Yeah. Now, here's what's crazy Night Train had 14 picks in 12 games. I do know that it was Night Train's rookie year. Um, he also clotheslined fools every time they came across the middle. Yeah, Have you Night Train. No, Night Train Lane's the reason a lot of tackling rules in the NFL exist. Fun fact. 
Yes, absolutely. Uh, he was vicious. My my favorite quote from Night Train Lane ever because when they because he used to face mask people, then they made that illegal. Then he clotheslined people, they made that illegal. And so then what he would do is he would put his forearm in his chest and he would slam his forearm up into people's chins to tackle them. And someone asked him, they they said, Night Train, what if you break your arm doing that? And Night Train Lane said, if I ever break my arm making a tackle, then that was one hell of a tackle. That was his response to that question. I love the way Night Train Lane played football. Point is, he was also an interception machine. He had 14 and 12 games. Diggs has six through five. That's kind of flirting with that same Night Train Lane level pace. Uh, No, I do think NFL offenses are going to start scheming around for him. The same way you saw teams start scheming around Sherman when he was in his prime, Revis in his prime, uh, Ramsey a few years back. Passes will just stop going their way. Um, now, from a from a playing perspective, that's great. You can shadow a team's number one receiver and know that they're going to be avoided. That's cool. But I do think his interception number go, is going to drop. I Even with 17 games, I still think Night Train Lane's record is safe, but I am going to take Diggs as my defensive player of the year. Hey, I, I do want to give a shout-out for Judon. Because uh, when you watch the New England Patriots, I think everything that goes well on that defense is through him. That guy, Dude, is he takes fantastic. over games. He's really good. He, he really does. I don't think his stats are going to end up at the end of the season being a defensive player of the year level. But just from a eyeball test, he's he's really really good. If you have any question on how good he is, go back and watch Sunday Night Football against the Bucks and watch how many plays he single handedly disrupted. Yeah, he's good. Kobe. Uh, uh, Wait, sorry. Yeah, you already took digs. My bad. Um, So, yeah, so offensive rookie of the year. Um, I think offensive rookie of the year, I think I'm going Jamar Chase. I think that's that's a given. Um, I know me me and Kobe were talking earlier, potentially a Trey Lance sighting. And then uh, Najee Harris. I don't think – well, Rashawn Slater's been great. You're never going to see an offensive lineman win offensive rookie of the year, so I'm going those three. Uh, Sammy, we'll start with you. Yeah, I really think it's it's just two of those. I think it's Jamar Chase and Najee Harris that it's going to end up coming down to. And I'll go Jamar Chase. That guy is balling out right now. Uh, I thought there would be some growing pains with him as a rookie coming into the league and I have been flat out wrong. So, uh, Jamar chase Kobe. Well, yeah, there's no white lines on the ball. So we thought he couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the way Jamar chase is playing. Um, what is it? Uh, first receiver younger than 21 to get above 400 yards and five touchdowns and four touchdowns in his first five games since Randy Moss. Yep, the only players 21 or younger with 400-plus receiving yards and five touchdowns in their first five games are Jamar Chase and Randy Moss, only two ever. I still think it's Najee Harris uh, for two reasons. One, he has forced more missed tackles than any other running back in the league. And two, um, I think it's going to continue to escalate, you know, with the offensive line in front of him continuing to improve. Whereas I think Jamar Chase, while he's playing really well now, you can't really improve much from this. And I think you almost start to see a downturn just because it's, it's hard to sustain that. So I'm going Najee Harris just on the, 
the upward arc he's going to continue to have, I think. Which, yeah, which, it's good. that's a good take. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious here. I, I do like the take, but I'm very confident that I think this is, barring an injury, I don't see Jamar Chase losing this. Um, so, so I'm curious, Kobe. You want to, you want a little, you want a little wager? If it's um, Najee, me, me, and you go to Red Lobster. If Najee wins it, you pay. <laughs> if I win it, if, if Jamar Chase wins it, you pay. Or sorry, he's, Najee wins it. I pay. Najee wins it. I pay. This seems pretty <laughs> one-sided to me, Quinn. <laughs> Najee wins it. I'll pay. Jamar wins it. You pay. Red Lobster. I appreciate that you fools are going to Red Lobster in Morgan. I love Lester, me some Virginia. Red Lobster, dude. The cheddar I, biscuits, I, baby. I oh well. Ate. What um? What is what else is over there? Is there is it Longhorn Longhorn Steakhouse? Hey, Quinn, I love you, but I'm not taking you to a romantic dinner. We will settle this like gentlemen with straight cash, homie. Like Randy Moss. Twenty bucks. Case. Twenty bucks. Or, or we'll talk after the pod. No, no, no. I want this on the pod. I want it. I want it in fucking fine. In posted evidence. Loser buys the winner a beer. There you go. Not a, you know, yeah. First round of apothecary. First round of apothecary. I can deal with that. All right, let's do that. Done deal. It's a gentleman's agreement. Yeah. If you ever find yourself for any reason in Morgantown, West Virginia, swing by apothecary. Far and away the best bar in town. It's not even close. If you like IPAs. Yeah, if you like, I mean, if you are intrigued by any of the beers, you literally anywhere else. Yeah. If you are intrigued by the beers that you hear us drinking on this podcast, Apothecary is the place for you. Yeah. Um, Fortunately, we're not sponsored. uh, Maybe I'll talk to them. Um, So. Uh, Sammy, I think it's time for Kobe. you here. D- Kobe. Or yeah. No, it is Kobe. I'm, that's right. Kobe, def- our offensive rookie of the year. Off- our defense- defensive. Jesus defensive. Christ, I'm all over the place. Defensive got- rookie of the year, Kobe. We, we, we got swung there. Uh, defensive rookie of the year, yeah. So defensive rookie of the year, I, I really can't think of three good candidates because I think the only two that are really worth talking about are Asante Samuel Jr. and Jason Horn. Micah Parsons. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll throw Micah Parsons in there. Okay. Thank you, Sammy. Sorry, I just couldn't think of any rookies that were doing a damn thing. But you're right. Those, uh, Asante Samuel Jr. and uh, Micah Parsons are both doing a lot of things. And J.C. Horn, before uh, he uh, suffered that injury, uh, was doing great. Damn good. So, uh, Sammy, who you got out of those three? Obviously, I think I know the answer. Well... You know, before the draft, I was pretty down on Asante Samuel. I wasn't. But, man, but man, he is showing out pretty impressively. So, with that said, I'm going to go with Micah Parsons. They move, him <laughs> around. they move him around to all kinds of different positions. They played him at linebacker. They needed uh, some help at D-end because of injuries. So, they moved him to D-end, and now he's getting pressure on the quarterback. I mean, the guy can play anywhere in the front seven. And I think he's one of the big reasons that they let Jalen Smith walk. And that defense is showing out right now. Yeah, I, um, I do really like Micah Parsons. Um, I think JC Horn's injury is going to kind of knock him out of this conversation, but I will say 
in the future of like being a really good cornerback, the fact that now, and this is also why I think the Panthers brought in Stephon Gilmore. And I was talking to Kobe about this with Dante Jackson and JC Horn, both being very young, talented cornerbacks, getting to learn from Stephon Gilmore, even if it is for just a one-year rental is worth way more than a sixth round pick. So that alone, I think that was a great move by them. JC Horn gets to sit and learn for a year from Stephon Gilmore. JC Horn will be an incredible corner down the line, as will Dante Jackson. That Panthers defense is legit. Um, but I do think this year it it will be Asante Samuel Jr. Um, he dealt with a little bit of injury stuff and didn't play, I think, four or five drives there in that game against the Browns. But when he was on the field in the first half, there were like three separate times where I thought he had a pick, the big one being on that, uh, I think it was a 35-yard catch by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, Asante jumped it and just missed the ball. It was a great play by Peoples-Jones to still see it and make the catch. But, um, but I mean, I could see Asante finishing the season with, with, you know, five, six interceptions somewhere in there, which as a rookie, I think is more than enough to wind up winning a defensive rookie of the year. And I'm not taking anything away from Micah Parsons. That dude was unbelievable in just when I really watched him in that chargers Cowboys game, he took over that game. So to have a rookie that can still take over a game is incredible. I'm not discrediting either of those guys. I think either of them could win it. I'm just giving the edge to Asante. Is it Asante like a top five cornerback right now per the stats? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, he's... he's he was at least going really into cool. last week. I don't know what all happened <laughs> as a result of last week with him kind of being in and out yeah. of the, in, on and off the field. But That's what that gives him the edge over Micah. He also won Offensive Rookie of the Month. Or not, or, or just Rookie of the Do Month. There is no... That, yeah, that's, I, I was going to say, there is no Offensive or Defensive Rookie of the Month. He just won Rookie of the Month. He beat out Jamar Chase for the award, so... Yeah. But that's that's my uh, one thing that I think Samuel has over uh, Micah is Asante Samuel is one of the best at his position. Micah Parsons is really good, but is he one of the top five at his position? And I don't think the answer is yes. At least not yet. Fair. Are we ready for coach? Yeah, so coach of the year. Um way i want to say uh you're gonna you're gonna skip me oh shit you are coach of the year i i mentally i was sitting here thinking i've been so thrown off on this whole list for like the past four <laughs> categories um yeah sammy go cliff kingsbury mike mccarthy sean payton i think the first two are pretty self-explanatory i think sean payton has a completely different scheme he's trying to put in. And I've been impressed so far with, with how he's worked with Jameis Winston and a whole new offense. So Cliff Kingsbury, Mike McCarthy, Sean Payton, Quinn, go ahead. Uh, Kingsbury. That, that team looks so fucking good. The Cardinals look fantastic. I mean, I, I, they're the only undefeated team left. I don't know how you could pick anybody else right now. I, I, Appreciate what Sean Payton's doing, you know, working with a new quarterback for, for the first time in forever. But, and, and I mean, the Cowboys, I'm not sure as, if it's as much Mike McCarthy as it is the team getting healthy, finally. So Kingsbury's more or less working with the exact same roster and has made them look a ton better. So I want to give it to him. Kobe? 
Um, so Sean Payton's out. He has the worst record of the three of them. I'm going to say Mike McCarthy's out because um, they were actually talking about it on Pat McAfee today. Uh, he's really taken more of a CEO-type role. Like, the offensive coordinator is running the offense. The defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, is running the defense. Mike McCarthy is just there to figurehead all of it and make sure the, the ship runs smoothly. I'm saying it's Cliff Kingsbury and that, and, and, and that amazing offense and that stellar defense. Um, so I'm going Kingsbury out of that list. Although, can I make one honorable mention? That's who I think it's going to be. I want to hear it. Matt Nagy. Not that guy. Uh, John, John Green. Oh. No, not that guy either. <laughs> they they okay. have to be employed come Black Monday. Uh, Brandon Staley. Yeah. And, and the reason is, uh, did the Chargers have a winning record last year? Seven the Chargers nine. are the best team. The Chargers, with the only changes really made, is a couple of changes on offensive line and adding Asante Samuel Jr. That's pretty much the extent of the changes they made in their starting lineup. And now they're the number one ranked team in the AFC. Yep. And also, uh, Brandon Staley's the only rookie head coach with a winning record. I just want to point out for the record that Brandon Staley was on my list. And I said, no, I'm not doing that. We, that was out of spite for you, Quinn. We've also talked a lot about the Chargers <laughs> in this list. I mean, we had fucking Herbert Eckler, Mike Williams, and Asante. So, I mean, I, I get it. Outside of Offensive Rookie of the Year, where the Chargers rookies and O-linemen, we literally had a Charger in every category. So, yep. All right. Uh, Last one here, comeback player of the year. Um, I think this one's going to be quarterback heavy again. This, I think this one's going to be quarterback heavy as well. Um, I go Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford, Sam Darnold. All three quarterbacks look like whole different people. One because he's coming off a major injury. The other two, new place, you know, new phone who dis. Um, Sammy. I got to go Dak. That, that injury, I thought it was going to take him a, a good two years to come back from, and he has proven me wrong and any other doubter that was out there. Uh, I think it's Dak Prescott, and it's not even close. Kobe? All right, so I'm going to start this with it's Dak Prescott. It's not even close. Today marks one year since his uh, – um, yeah, that's right. Uh, a day after week five wrapped up for the Cowboys marks a year since he broke his leg, his ankle in half. Um, I do appreciate what Stafford and Darnold are doing. Uh, I, I'm especially happy for Stafford because I've always been a big supporter of his. And a lot of people, a lot of people, including the host of this podcast, have said Matthew Stafford was only anything when he had Calvin Johnson to throw to. And I said, now, not technically what I said, I said big six, five jump ball receivers. <laughs> okay, I included fine. Kenny Galladay in that list. You, you included Kenny Galladay, so fine. But you said he was defined by his big receivers, and he's proving you wrong with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Um, and, and I like Sam I Darnold. Like the, the 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 post Adam Gase Sam Darnold is pretty awesome. But come on, it, it, Dak is going to win it for the very same reason that Alex Smith won it last year. Just an incredible story, and he's going out and he's dominating. 
right now. Is that overtime? Yeah, Monday Night Football is in overtime. It is overtime. Just uh, wanted to throw that out there since we were getting into this week's game picks. And, of course, with game picks will also come this week's X Factors, which will, as always, be on a timer of 45 seconds for this week's Shots Fired. As we go through Shots Fired here, as always, you will hear this sound. If either Sammy or Kobe run out of time, they'll give you their pick and their X Factor. I'll throw my pick in there, and we will keep you updated. As overtime is going on right now, uh, Sammy is currently 11-4 and four on the week. I went 9-6 and six this week. Kobe went 10-5, and five, putting our overall records with Sammy, pulling back ahead of me by two as we were tied last week. He is 54-25. and 25. I am 52-27, and 27, and Kobe is 48-31. and 31. Both me and Kobe have Baltimore. Sammy has Indianapolis. So that sums up week five's worth of picks. It's time to delve right into week six, which what I think could be a surprising, a surprisingly interesting Thursday night football game is the Eagles host the Buccaneers. Sammy. I'm going to go with the Bucks. I think the X factor is going to be Jalen Hurts and what can he do against that beat up, banged up Tampa Bay defense, specifically the secondary. I mean, he's he's obviously good on the ground, Jalen Hurts, that is. Obviously good on the ground. Can he get the passing attack involved? Um, you know, the, the Bucks. I think they're on they, – they brought in Richard Sherman a couple weeks ago as a stopgap and had to start him immediately in that Patriots game two weeks ago. They had another injury to Carlton Davis, their number three cornerback. Um, you know, the defensive backfield just can't stay healthy there in Tampa. And I think Jalen Hurts has the opportunity to actually get some yards through the air. So X factor secondary for Tampa, but Bucks win. Kobe. I'm sorry. Se- yeah. Secondary for the Bucks, but the Bucks win. All right. I'm going Bucks, and I'm not saying the X factor is whether a, uh, Bucks receiver puts 30 fantasy points on the board. My X factor is which one of them is going to do it because, and I don't have the stat in front of me, but I'm pretty sure every single week, at least one receiver for the Buccaneers has two touchdowns. So my, my X factor is which one of those three Godwin uh, Brown or Evans, which one of them is getting multiple touches and all the targets. Yeah, I'm taking Tampa here as well. I think it's going to be a good game. I really do, but I think Tampa will pull it out. Uh, next one, this week's Toilet Bowl. They're going to London because no one in America wants to watch them play. Jacksonville and Miami. Uh, Sammy, who you got? I'm going to go with Jacksonville. I think Urban Meyer might be the happiest dude in the world with everything going on with John Gruden. Taking some of the, the spotlight off of him. And I think Jamestown is going to be the X factor. They are relying on him big time right now, uh, both running and receiving. I think you see him show out yet again uh, against the Dolphins. So I think it's Jacksonville, and uh, I think it will, like you said, be the suck bowl. Kobe. 
you know, these London games are probably everyone's wives' least favorite game. Fuck, you mean to tell me it starts at 9 o'clock in the morning this week? Damn. Um, no, I'm going uh, Dolphins. And, and the X factor is whether Trevor Lawrence can, fi- can finally perform. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you, Kobe. I'm taking Miami here. Um, I just think the Dolphins have a more all-around solid team. Uh, Jacksonville having some wide receiver issues, both with one being hurt and the other two not knowing how to play football, apparently, uh, based on fantasy output. So I'm going to take Miami. Uh, next game here, classic rivalry as the Bears host the Packers. Kobe, who you got on this one? <laughs> It's the Packers. It, it's the Packers, and I and I don't know what the spread on it is, but it's probably double digits as it should be. No, it's four and a half. Really? It's a rivalry game. Green Bay by four and a half. I I, I think Green Bay go goes to Chicago and beats them by forty. But uh, uh, the X factor is the entire roster. But but uh. I'll say Justin Fields. If Justin Fields can can make the plays on his legs and, and connect with the pass, with uh, he he has seems to have a really good connection with Mooney. If he can connect with uh, Allen Robinson more, that would help my fantasy team and that'll help them as well. So uh, I'll say Justin Fields is the X factor, but Packers win. Sammy, I'm gonna go Green Bay. Uh, I think Justin Fields is the the X factor for me as well. Can he get the ball downfield? That Green Bay defense is beat up and it's put up and it's given up some yards. Uh, through the air so can Justin Fields take advantage and then in spot occasions make some things happen with his legs I think Green Bay wins and I don't want to say 40 but I think they win by double digits uh, I agree with you on one what you said about the what the spread should be uh, Green Bay x-factor Justin Fields Quinn yeah I got Green Bay here as well one thing that's worth keeping into mind is Vegas gives a team an extra three points for being at home so really if it was a neutral site it's a seven and a half point spread if it was in Green Bay that's a ten and a half point spread but it is a rivalry game so I get why the spread's close but this rivalry is not really one because to be a rivalry the competition has to be close and it's not give me the Packers all the way next one here uh, the Lions trying to find another inventive way to lose against the Bengals in Detroit. Uh, Kobe, who you got? Oh, I don't, uh, I don't want to bet for the lions cause I'll lose money, but I don't want to bet on the Bengals because they also find creative ways to almost lose. So I think I'm going to take the Bengals because the Bengals will almost lose, but the Lions will lose. And the X factor will be which kicker steps up because this is going to come down to a field goal. Can McPherson make the field goal before he celebrates? Sammy, Sammy what do you Yeah, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I think they're the type of team that plays to their competition, though. Um, you look at – they play the, the Green Bay Packers who everybody – universally at this point thinks is a good team. They played them tight, took them to overtime as we've already talked about. Uh, but then they've had some stinkers against some teams that, you know, they really just should have, should have blown out. So I think it's going to be Cincinnati, but I think it's going to be closer than, than what we expect. So um, X factor for me is going to be Joe Burrow. Can we see him get those receivers involved? Can he spread it around? Can he make some things happen? Uh, uh, you know, through the air and, you know, ex- exploit a, a Lions team that's pretty down on themselves right now after going 0-5 and their coach started crying. 
Yeah, um, I'm right there too. Um, see, Detroit's taken up the old Chargers motto. We almost always almost win. And I think that'll be the case here as Cincinnati uh, clutches out a one score game. Next game here, um, in a quick pan, it looks like your cheapest game of the week at $24 at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Uh, the Colts hosting the Houston Texans. Davis Mills looks legit. Is he legit enough to beat the Carson Wentz-led Colts? Sammy. Now, I'm going to go with the Colts. I, I ride with them every week, it seems like. Um, and I, I'm not going to get off that train just yet. And really, this week, it's because they're playing the Texans. But like you said, Davis Mills is my X factor. Can Davis Mills put up another 300 yards like he did this last week against the Bill Belichick defense? We talked about it in the pod last week about how Belichick really makes rookie quarterbacks see ghosts like Sam Darnold did a couple years ago. And it didn't happen against Davis Mills and those Texans this week. So he's my X factor. Uh, can he throw for another 300 and keep his team in it without turning the ball over? Sorry, real quick. I just saw Lamar's numbers. He was eight for 11 for 107 in the first half. Second half, 28 for 31 for three. Was that 331 or 231? It went away too fast, but he has three more. He has three touchdowns in the second half. Lamar really turned it the fuck around this half of football. Um, just thought that was that was worth noting there that Lamar's kind of balling out and the Ravens are about to win. Uh, Kobe, who, who you got? Kobe, in that back game? to the game. You got Texans Colts. I'm going to say the Texans if, and this is my X factor, if Davis Mills can do exactly what he did last week. Uh, and there's the game, by the way. Um, Ravens win. Um, yeah, if Davis Mills puts up another three-piece and can maybe put the ball in the end zone a couple times, I absolutely believe that they will beat the Colts. Because the Colts just seem like the, the type of team this year that they will compete. They'll take you to overtime. They will compete with a better team, but they will ultimately lose. Yeah, um, we kind of just saw that. They competed with a team that was really good and ultimately lost. Um, but I just I don't I don't see them losing at home to the Texans. I think uh, this Colts roster feels so much better than they've shown on the field yet. And it's kind of driving me insane because I thought that they could make a run at actually competing with the Titans for that division. So I'm, I'm kind of with Sammy. I want to keep believing them. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts on this one. Next matchup here, the – the, uh, not the Lions, Jesus. The Rams uh, are traveling to New York to take on the team that is dead. Uh, all their good players are hurt, the Giants. Uh, Sammy, this one should be quick. Yeah, Rams X factor is going to be how do they get offensive production? Uh, the Giants, that is how do how do they make offensive production against uh, a really really good defense? Uh, did you guys happen to see the Saquon injury? I know it's oh, yeah. the Saquon lot. It looked bad. Yeah, there, there was a, a picture immediate immediate. Immediately after he came off the field, that thing was huge. Um, I think that he's going to be out for a little while. I haven't seen a, uh, an ankle. Yeah, it, it was ugly. So, um, yeah, Rams and X-Factor. How, how do the Giants produce any offense? Kobe. Kobe. 
I'm saying the Rams as long as they don't overlook them to the following week. I don't know who they play next week, but the Giants just seem like the perfect candidate right now for them to totally ignore. And, and that is my one – that's my X factor is whether or not they pay attention this week. Who are they playing, Quinn? I don't know. Uh, they have a buy? D- D- Detroit. No, they, they, there's no need to overlook. There's no need to overlook. Welcome okay, to Easy Street. I say, I say the Rams as long as they show up to play. Yeah, it, it, it's the Rams this week. I'll go ahead and preemptively. I'll take them next week too. Uh, yeah. The, the, congrats on two free wins against shit football teams. Um, next matchup here: Chiefs going to DC to take on the pimp out cheerleaders football team. Uh, Kobe, who you got? The pimp out cheerleaders football team. That's fucked up. It's true. So did they, did they not do it? That's so fucked up. <laughs> it's only fucked if they didn't do it. Okay. I am actually going to take, and and I'm this is going to haunt me. I'm going to take Washington here. What the fuck are you doing? Get, trying What's to get a closer factor? look to see what the fuck's going on. What's your X factor? The X factor is going to be the uh, Patrick Mahomes under pressure. It seems like anytime someone gets their hands on him, he kind of gets a little jittery right now. And uh, that front seven of Washington is kind of underperformed where they can step up. I think they can create a lot of havoc for a guy that's proven that the pressure has been getting to him really bad. Um, So, yeah, I'm actually going to take Washington here. Sammy. Yeah, I'm going to take Kansas City, but my X Factor, kind of the same type of thing. You said front seven. I'm going to highlight just the front four. I saw a stat uh, just – it was yesterday during the Chiefs game where they talked about the uh, the amount of – the lack of blitzes Mahomes is facing. So if you can get pressure on him with your front four and have him scramble, have him under duress with just front four and cover with everybody else, you can limit that big play potential for Kansas City. Washington hasn't done it to this point like we thought that front four would. So they're my X factor because so far I haven't seen Washington prove it. Quinn. Yeah. Um, Heineke's looked like a question mark. Um, I mean, granted, Mahomes actually kind of has too, but th- th- I'll be stunned if Washington wins this game. I'm taking Kansas City. Next game here, I think, is a really interesting matchup out of these one o'clock games um, as the Panthers are hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Kobe, who you got? I'm going to say probably the Panthers. Um, I think the uh, Vikings have played a lot of close games. They've, lo- they've lost games they shouldn't have, and they've won, they've won games they maybe shouldn't have. Um, but I think Panthers, at the end of the day, Sam Darnold is playing like the way that we thought he always would. And he's the X factor. Can he continue uh, to be the best running back in the NFL with the most touchdowns? <laughs> Although I think uh, Eckler and Henry actually both passed him this week with, uh, an- with another three-piece. But still, I'm going to say it's Sam Darnold. He's-, he's finding ways to get in the end zone even when receivers aren't open. And, and that is always a positive what do you think sammy yeah i'm gonna go 
with Carolina, but I got the same X factor. I also have Sam Darnold. Uh, he had a, a bad game that this last week, and I'm wondering if that's regression to the mean. Are we going to see him, you know, kind of, I don't want to say go all the way back to the, the, the Jets performances that he had, because obviously he doesn't have Gase column plays anymore. Uh, but he also can't ball out as, as well as he did to start the season. So um, if he can prove me wrong, you know, I think they can win this game pretty easily. I think we see somewhere in between what we saw this last week and what we saw to start the season. So Sam Darnold, X factor, but I'm going, and I'm going Carolina. Quinn. Yeah, I'm taking, uh, I'm going to take Carolina here as well. I think that defense is really freaking good. Um, and I think they have the cornerbacks to stop the Minnesota offense. And I think their front seven is good enough to stop Minnesota's rushing attack. Dalvin Cook's still a question mark every week, it seems like. Um, if you have Dalvin Cook in fantasy, I recommend having Madison as well. That's what I've done every league that I have Cook. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Carolina here. I, I think some of it also contributes to the fact that it's in Carolina. And, you know, that keep pounding crowds pretty fucking loud at times. So, yeah, give me the Panthers here. I like Sam Darnold more than I like Kirk Cousins. Next game here, game I'm going to be at as the Ravens host the Chargers. Sammy, who you got on this one? I got the Chargers. Um, the Ravens just gave up 402 yards passing to Carson Wentz. I think Justin Herbert, and this is going to sound pretty obvious, but Justin Herbert's a hell of a lot better quarterback than Carson Wentz is. I think Herbert just carves them apart. I don't think that Ravens defense is anywhere close to what we all assume it is just based on name value and name brand in Baltimore. So uh, Chargers and Justin Herbert's my X factor. Kobe. Who oh, I don't, these are two very hot teams. Um, I'm inclined to lean towards the Ravens for the same reason that I picked the Browns against the uh, Chargers this past week. But I think I've learned my lesson and I'm not going to make that, that choice. Uh, make that mistake. I'm going to say the the Chargers win, and uh, the X factor is going to be can that front four of uh, of the Chargers that we know is bad against the run can they contain Lamar Jackson? You're not going to stop him, but can you can can you keep him from making the huge plays? Yeah, um, I'm taking the Chargers here as well. Um, oh. and what's what's funny, Kobe, <laughs> is if I was giving an X factor. It's almost exactly the exact same. The exact same thing. Can the Chargers stop the run? I think that's what it comes down to. Um, they did not last week. They, they absolutely did not. Oh my god! It's did funny. It cost two hundred. Oh, more than. Uh, it yeah. damn near got to three hundred. So Chubb had one sixty by himself. Yeah. What What's hilarious is, um, Kobe. I know you follow Popper on Twitter as well. I don't know if you saw it or not. After the first two runs of the game, when Chubb chunked off those first two carries, uh, Popper tweeted out, Brown's going to run for over 200 today. Well, they fucking did. Didn't they did. the game, but they did it. Um, next game we got here, the Cardinals taking on the Cleveland Browns at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland. This is my favorite game of the week. Um, I will definitely be listening to it on my way back from Baltimore. Um, I, I think this game looks fucking awesome. I can't wait for it. Uh, Kobe, who you got? 
I'm going to take the Browns for the same reason that I took the Browns last week. They're going to continue to suffocate offenses. And they're the issue. The issue is, is I think the Cardinals offense is good. They're not as explosive as the chargers. The chargers were keeping up with them in points with a third with. So for every minute that the chargers had the ball, the Browns had it for two and a half minutes. That is not a recipe for losing for the Browns. That is a recipe for winning. So my X factor is actually with the time of possession. If they run for another 177 yards, which is what they were averaging going into the Chargers game, I don't know what the 300 puts their it's average. It's definitely at. gone up. Yeah, yeah, it's gone up. But so we'll say 200 rushing yards a game. You can't lose that way. Time, Sammy. Uh, it's actually I'm I'm shocked. We had the same pick. Uh, we both go with the Browns, and we got the same X factor. I think it's that rushing attack, controlling the ball, keeping that Kyler Murray-led offense off the field, and uh, I, I think Cleveland just wears them down. I think Cleveland is a real, real good and legit team. So um, I'm going with, with control offense is my factor. Yeah, I I really do like the Browns. Um I mean, they've already damn near got a thousand yards rushing. They're averaging 187 a game. I just looked it up. Um, but Arizona looks so fucking good. I, I can't pick against Arizona right now, and I'm gonna keep picking them until they lose, until they burn me. So that that's what I'm taking every every week. I'm taking the Cardinals until they've lost a game. So we're going Cardinals here. Hey, you know what's interesting is the Browns are favored in that game. Are they real? By how much? At it. Two and a half. Okay, so the three points okay, on so home advantage. Yeah, it yeah. pretty much is. Um, yeah, I, I like Arizona in that game. I think there's there's a reason Kyler Murray's an MVP candidate. And that defense, I think, is better than the Chargers right now. Uh, definitely better against the run. So that's but where hey, the Browns are strong. Before we move on real quick, I just want to say, one, I hate the Browns because I'm a Steelers fan, just like you hate the Raiders. Fuck the Raiders. But, like, are, are, the, are the Browns right now not, like, the team that every single kid's dad – like, remember Midget League, like, we got to – you got to run the ball in this and that. Like, they are that hard-nosed. I mean, my God, if you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, what else are you going to do? Can you – like for a lot of people, they're so boring to watch because they're just running the ball. But for me and a, like in, in like every midget league football dad team to the eighties and the early nineties, or I guess not not even dad just Sammy, just everybody Sammy's age the, is the, really happy to watch this team. The Browns and the Titans, the Titans they're they're your throwbacks. You know, they're that run heavy fucking offense. That's one of that's gonna slam the ball down your throat forty times, deal with it. It's like Navy and Georgia Tech in college that refused to get rid of the wing T. Yeah, I'm I'm pro wing T. Except for in Madden. That's a spread offense. Kobe's seen it for years. So dumb. It works though, don't it? It works in Madden. I just hate the spread offense. Yeah, well, technically, I live in a bunch this year. It used to be a because my but... football mind is fifty-seven. I want to see them run between the tackles. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll be sitting there playing Madden. Kobe's sitting there going, "Run the ball!" I'm like, "Nah," and I throw a touchdown in one play. He's like, "Never fucking mind." Well, if I see five in the box and I see and I see you have a tight end, 
If you're not running the ball, then you don't know football. That's all I'm fucking saying. I don't have Next to know game. football. I know Madden. Next game. Know my ass. How about that? You're going to play in Madden? Not really. Um, no, you'll yeah. beat me. <laughs> okay. Next, um, game? next game, Broncos hosting the Raiders, which as a Chargers fan, I love this matchup because it's going to knock one of them down another game. Um, this is a, I, I think this is a huge game in the AFC West, which is quickly becoming a very, I, I think it's going to be a tight race, especially because I think the Chiefs are going to be coming back after this. Uh, you know, let's say the Chiefs beat Washington suddenly this division gets very interesting, especially as a result of this game. Uh, Kobe, who you got here? I'm going to take the Broncos for two reasons. The first reason, John Gruden is a huge, massive, atrocious distraction. And and bringing in a new head coach that first week, it's never a fun time in the middle of the season, especially the way it's currently happening. Like, it's one thing you're a bad team and it's like all right we got to rally behind this new guy and yeah but, but but in this case it's bad i think the broncos absolutely beat the brakes off of them and the x factor is gonna be teddy two gloves and uh uh it, i think he's gonna put up 350 plus uh, passing yards against them sammy i'm gonna go with vegas and I think you, it's because of kind of that new coach bump, right? They're going to feel like they're, they're the entire organization, the players, everyone on up is under fire, which they are. You know, they're getting looked at under a microscope right now. And I think it's going to be one of those circle of the wagons. Um, you know, everybody is against us type mentality. And I, I think you see the Raiders come out and, and perform pretty well. The one thing that isn't, such an issue is you're you've got an interim coach who's coming from the inside it's not going to change scheme you're just going to change the head on the horse that's it and at this point it looks like it's better to change the head on the horse so i'm going raiders x factor it's going to be this coaching change and just the entire mentality of the organization yeah i'm uh i'm taking the raiders here as well um and it my big thing is this is a team that's used to controversy. I mean, this is a team that went out and signed Vontez perfect voluntarily. So <laughs> that alone should let you know that they know how to deal with a controversy. Um, you know, scum of the earth franchise, let them keep doing it. Uh, we'll move on now. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, Quinn, how do you feel about the Raiders or uh, scum of the earth franchise? Um, yeah. Next matchup we got here, uh, Cowboys heading to New England. Um, I think this could be an intriguing game as well. So, um, Sammy, who you got on this one? I got the Cowboys. We talked about them earlier and, and how good their offense has looked and their defense has been surprisingly good. I think the X factor is actually going to be the, the defense for the Cowboys. Can they make Mac, uh, Mac Jones a little bit uncomfortable? Can they stop the run? If you look at some of their stats, they're, they're trying to use the run to open up the pass. It's been ineffective for New England so far, but can they continue to bottle up that run where play action isn't going to make a huge difference in that Tom Brady-esque offense that, uh, that New England's been running? So I'm going to go Cowboys. Like, like I said, my, uh, my X factor is going to be that Cowboys defense. Kobe. It, 
the Cowboys are the way better, are the much better roster, the much better team. Belichick steals this game. Not the Patriots steal this game. Belichick and his super genius, they steal this game. I'm going Patriots. Assuming that also means Belichick's your X factor. Yeah, but Be- Belichick just knows how to how to coach games and win games that even with a average or below average even roster, he just finds a way to win. So yeah, my X factor is going to be Belichick, and I just somehow they steal this game. Also, fuck the Cowboys. Yeah, I can't. I can't not take Dallas here. I think. Dallas is just simply the better team and they just go out and prove that in Foxborough this weekend. So I'm taking the Cowboys. Next game up here, Kobe, you'll be here. The Steelers hosting the Seahawks on Sunday night football. Kobe, you're going to be there. Who you got? I've got the Steelers, obviously. Um, and, and I actually have two X factors here. It's going to be the front four getting after Geno Smith. He's not, uh, Russell Wilson is already one of the most sacked quarterbacks like ever. And, uh, it continued this season. Gino's not as mobile as him. So that front four is going to get after him hard. Um, the second X factor being if that offense can continue to improve and get Najee, if we can get him another hundred yard rushing night, I don't think this game will be really close. I think it'll be, uh, you know, pretty one-sided from jump. You know, especially in Heinz Field with a with a revitalized Pittsburgh after after they won this week. Sammy, who you got? I got Pittsburgh. I think this is the the week that we see the old Ben Roethlisberger. We talked over the past couple of weeks about just how bad that Seahawks defense is, and now when you've got an offense that's going to be suspect with Geno Smith running it, I think that you see Pittsburgh just go up and down the field and Seattle can't match them score for score. I think it's a runaway. Like you just said, only four and a half point spread though. It's weird. Yeah, I got, um, I got Pittsburgh here too. And I, I, again, I think four and a half point spread. I think Vegas is being conservative because they don't exactly know what did make of Geno Smith. Cause he didn't look terrible in his plug and play appearance. Um, and I mean, he has some NFL starter experience, but it's just not going to be enough here because I, I think Pittsburgh runs all over him. I could see Najee going for damn near 200 this game. I'm a, I'm going to say Najee Harris, 150 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, one through the air as well. I sincerely hope you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and here we go. Last game of the week. And one of our few uh, rare occurrences of a not Sunday night football game also being a good game to watch. Uh, the Titans host the Bills, a clash of styles. The fucking sling it versus the ground and pound in Tennessee. Sammy, who you got? I got to go with the Bills, man. I think they're the hottest team in the NFL right now. Uh, Josh Allen is playing at an unbelievable level. I think they sling it all over the place, like you just said. And uh, I, I think they end up winning at the end. I th- they'll probably get a score at the end to make it a, a double-digit score line, but uh, I think it's close for, for the majority of the game. X factor is going to be Derrick Henry. He doesn't always show up and, and it can go for half to half, whether he's actually going to be the Derrick Henry we expect or, or somebody else. So can Derrick Henry have one of those monster games that we've seen him rip off 
three touches, 180 yards. It's possible, but that Bills defense is damn good too. Kobe. Derrick Henry's had too many good games in a row. I'm saying the Bills. Even though I say that the, uh, the Titans play up and play down and up to competition, so I think this is actually going to be a closer game than people realize. I think the Bills pull it out, and the X Factor is going to be um, that that their front four, their front seven. Can they contain Derrick Henry? Because if Derrick Henry gets 200 rushing yards, yeah, it's hard to bet against him, right? But you know, in three touchdowns. But if they can hold him out of the end zone, they can keep him contained to a normal average uh, running back total. Then uh, they, they don't have 22 pass attempts from Tannehill. They don't have the passing attack. Yeah, um, real quick. Do y'all know, is Julio Jones expected to be back this week? I do not know that answer. I don't, but I don't think it matters. See, I think it does. So I, I made this same call last week where I thought I was wrong, but I said, I thought if Locke was in the Steelers, were going to win. I thought if Bridgewater was in the Broncos, were going to beat the Steelers. Same thing this week, but with Julio Jones, if Julio Jones plays, I think that adds another dynamic to the Titans pass attack that the, that the bills can't handle. If Julio Jones doesn't play, I think the bills can put Tredavious white across from AJ Brown and be just fine. And they can deal with the running attack from there. So if Julio goes, Titans win. If Julio's a no-go this week, then I'm going to give it to the Bills. Quinn, once again, with host privilege, getting his caveat pick. You could make that exact same pick. I have no (laughs) issue with that. But I think that's – so that would also be my X factor is whether or not Julio Jones takes the field on Monday night. Yeah, but I'm not a pussy. I believe in what I believe, all right? I I just made my point that I very heavily believe in. I believe that the that the Bills don't have a second cornerback to defend a second good receiver with that rushing attack. I do believe that they can defend that rushing attack with one good receiver on the field. There you go. But speaking of things we believe in, I smell I smell a steak cooking. And I think there's a prime beef take that we all believe in. So, um, kicking this week, uh, you know, normally I have an analogy to start the segment, but I've got nothing. Kicking sucked. Um, what, what was it? Uh, the stat was 12 out of 63 field goals were missed. Uh, before Monday night football and 12 out of 75 extra points were missed. It's the first time since uh, the extra point was moved to the 15 yard line in 2015 that both field goals and extra points have, have both had double digit misses. It was just so pathetic um, with the kicking um, this week. Fact of the matter is, it, you couldn't trust any kicker, um, inclu- especially the Chargers uh, kicker with an extra point. He missed another two extra points. Um, McPherson missing two field goals. Uh, Matt, Fre- Matt Prater missing a field goal, although the field goal he missed was 61 yards. But the big one, Mason Crosby, three 
consecutive missed field goals. It reached the point. I didn't think he was going to win the game. I thought he had the yips. I thought there was no, I, I wouldn't have trotted him out there. Honestly, if I was uh, Matt LaFleur, that was absolutely the very, that has to be the very worst performance anyone has ever seen out of any kicker, especially a guy who's 37 and still employed in the NFL. At the end of the day though, um, all, none, none of the kickers were great. Although after after the one o'clock games, the 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 four o'clock and Sunday night games were actually a hundred percent on the extra points. So it kind of took away from the stats a little bit. But uh, it was uh, at the one o'clock games of the twenty one of the twenty five kickers that have attempt attempted more than uh, uh, twenty five kicks. Um, only two of them. That was the average um, for yeah uh, for the for the year last year of the twenty five kickers. Yeah, twenty one kickers attempted twenty five or more field goals last year. Only two of them fell below that percentage on that field goals. Uh, Michael Badgley for the Chargers and Matt Prater for uh, I think at that point was still with uh, I don't remember what team he was with. But they asked him to kick a lot of long field goals. The point being is this. A lot of college uh, soccer players are getting a tryout with NFL teams this week. And that's USDA approved. So, uh, real quick, I was just checking in on one of my fantasy teams here. Uh, Hollywood Brown dropped a 33 and a half tonight. Hell yeah. Good for him. Nine receptions for 125 yards and two scores, including the game winner. So, yeah, um, Hollywood seems like he is the guy in Baltimore now. I mean, it was kind of set that he was the guy, but it was, you know, what what the fuck's going on in Baltimore's receiving court? It seems to be settled out here. Hollywood's been pretty good for the past couple weeks. So, I mean, we're looking at a 19 and a 33. I mean, 19, 23, and an eight game against Detroit, 19 and 33. So, Hollywood – looks like a good guy to grab in fantasy if you still can. Um, but, you know, maybe you don't want to grab him. Maybe you're full of shit. Maybe you're full of Sammy's number one bullshit. Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Hey, thanks, Quinn. So my original plan, even when we started the podcast, was I was going to go with Evan McPherson and his premature celebration on that would-be game-winning field goal that he kicked. Uh, I don't know why he was celebrating. It was pretty obvious he had missed it, but I decided to, uh, to, to change gears based upon all the kicker talk we've already had on this, this pod so far. And I went back to the well, I went back to one of our good old stand boys, standbys, urban Meyer. So if you didn't catch urban Meyer's press conference after the game, it was as bizarre as it gets. The, uh, the Jaguars had an opportunity fourth and one late in the game. Uh, on the one-yard line, and James Robinson isn't even in the game. 17 carries, a buck 48, buck 50, somewhere around there so far in the game. He wasn't even in. Carlos Hyde was in. They've got a 6'6 quarterback that's athletic. They didn't run a quarterback sneak. They gave it to Carlos Hyde. He didn't get it. When asked about it afterwards, Urban Meyer said his quarterback isn't comfortable running a quarterback sneak. It's a quarterback sneak. I was a quarterback. I wouldn't say I was a good one in high school, but I was a quarterback. You know what the easiest play to run as a quarterback is a quarterback sneak, get the ball and just go forward. It's pretty damn easy. And you're going to have the number 
number one overall pick who doesn't know how to run a quarterback sneak. That's crazy. Then he was asked later in the game or later in the press conference about why in the second half, James Robinson had half the number of touches he had in the first half. His response was, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe he was dinged up. I got to go and figure that out. So you've got your best offensive player and you don't even know if he can play. You're the head coach, man. What the hell is going on here? What it's, it is such a dysfunctional situation. That's why I said he must be the happiest guy in the world with what happened with, uh, uh, with John Gruden. It is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it looks like he's completely out of touch with his team. So urban Meyer yet again, second week in a row, my number one bullshit. Yeah. I got to say, um, if you're, if you're back to back, it's probably not a good sign for you as a NFL head coach. If you're getting back to back number ones. The one thing I want to add to that, the, the fact that he is, how is he not aware why James Robinson didn't get touches? How, how does that make sense? Like make that make sense in my mind. Okay. Yeah. So what's funny is I watched that post game presser. And there was one head coach that immediately came to mind. And in my defense, it's also one of the only head coaches I consistently watch post-game pressers for. Anthony Lynn. There were so many times when a question got poised to Anthony Lynn that he just didn't know the answer. Like Daniel Popper would be like, hey, why'd you call this timeout right here when it didn't really make sense to in the sense of clock management when that was clearly the reason you called it? He was like, I don't remember calling that timeout. How do you not remember calling a timeout? You only call six a game maximum. That was kind of how that felt was it was just truly the sign of a head coach that didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And that is really concerning. If you're a Jacksonville fan right now, I don't think there's any way um, urban Meyer has a job after this season. I, I can't see it. Guys. He just seems disinterested to me. Like, I mean, that's the best way I could put it. Like, he I mean, just doesn't seem like he wants to be there anymore. Who wants to coach an NFL to... team when you can go finger gun co-eds in your own bar? And I know where he wants to be, Sam. Ask me where I think he wants to be. Where does he want to be, Kobe? I'm glad you asked, Sammy. <laughs> he wants to be in USC. Mm -mm. No, absolutely not. Um, before his wife deleted her Twitter, uh, for finger gun reasons, um, she, she, she did actually say, uh, somebody was talking about him returning to college and she said that he had no interest in returning to college and that Jacksonville was going to be his last stop. So Bullshit. I think That's he just, Bullshit. I think he wants to do nothing. I don't think it's, he wants to go to USC. I think it's urban Meyer wants to do nothing. He has made enough money to happily retire and grow Ohio sweet corn. I think he's done. And he thought that he would take his shot at the NFL, realized he doesn't want to be there and is done. He wants to sit on his couch and do fuck all and maybe take a trip to the bar and finger co-eds. Hey man, I don't blame him. I mean, take out the last part. I don't blame him for wanting to do nothing. The guys made enough money. Who cares? I mean, I, it was a weird, it was a, it was a, it was a weird, take out the last part. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't want to be, a, I don't, I don't want to be associated with that. I don't want that on the record anywhere, but, <laughs> but, 
but it was a weird it was a weird it was a weird hire back when they made it and it's still a weird hire now and it's it's getting weirder and weirder pew pew dude it's just i i don't even know where to go with it just urban meyer sucks just all around just everything about him he sucks i think he pokes All right, All right, we got anything else one. for this <laughs> <laughs> hey, Did anybody watch the Sidney Crosby thing that was supposed to be on Monday Night Football? I didn't. I actually meant to, and I didn't. But real, real quick, I will throw this in here. Sidney Crosby was on the halftime show on Monday Night Football. I am so happy that hockey is on ESPN because of things like that right there, and we're finally getting an incredible sport, the, potentially the viewership it deserves. Again. Remember, yeah, ESPN had the NHL for the longest time, and then NHL sold to NBC instead because they were the highest bidder. And NBC proceeded to ignore the big, potentially one of the biggest rivalries in sports in the in sports history. And for the record, hockey is the fastest growing sport in the world right now, or at least in in the American markets, it's the fastest growing yeah. sport. And that's There's a reason ESPN- they've had two expansions. Yeah, but I mean, to, to completely ignore as the main network of NHL, to completely ignore uh, the Sidney Crosby versus Ovechkin rivalry, just that's so dumb. You could have made billions off of that. Yep. It was billions. truly a wasted opportunity by team. NBC. And I think uh, get ready because you're going to see a whole lot of ESPN McKinnon versus McDavid. Oh, I can't. I can't awesome. wait for it. It's going to be primetime television. But quite honestly, it should be because it's a fucking good matchup. It's the two best players at their particular sport in the world going head to head. It deserves to be heavily talked about. And I'm so thankful that ESPN has it back because, you know, they'll actually talk about it on SportsCenter again, which at the end of the day is a lot of times how people find out about different sports that they want to enjoy. And another thing, accessibility, like you said, like to be able to put games on ESPN Plus where NBC, you had, if you didn't have cable, you didn't get to watch. You had to get NHL Center Ice. That's the only way that you got to watch uh, NHL games. Oh, by the way, NHL Center Ice doesn't apply to the playoffs. Yep. Just so you know. So, um, doesn't apply to the playoffs. So it's the dumbest shit in the world. Other than Doc what did NBC do right? Uh, the Puna Glass. I like I like the uh, the third commentator between. The oh glass. no! I like. Are it. we talking hey. about Pierre? No, I don't. I mean love who Pierre. Was there. Fuck you, man. I, I don't necessarily. Mean How many times did hashtag Shut Up Pierre trend on Twitter? That's why I, I love Pierre. I like the accessibility that they had. It was it was a different vantage point. They saw different things. Um, I don't necessarily agree with who they had there. But I like the I like the idea I like the premise and I would be shocked if ESPN didn't keep it around. And do you guys know when the NHL season starts? Uh, Tuesday. Tomorrow. Oh, who's playing? Uh, at seven thirty, it's going to be Penguins uh, Lightning. Lightning. Lightning hosting Penguins. Oh, I know. And then immediately after, no Crosby, be- no Malkin, so it might be ugly. Yo, it's going to be bad. Uh, but- They're going to be raising a. 
ban- they're going to be raising a banner in Tampa, though. And then it's going to be six to two. Yeah. I'm okay. And then uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are going to host the Seattle Kraken, and they're. I can't wait road. for that. And I think Vegas wins six to two as well because Woo! I don't think that Kraken team is a good yeah. win. The Kraken have a nasty goaltending tandem. Yeah, you could only play one. But on top of that, I mean, I love Mark Giordano. I, the back end of that Kraken team, I really like. Uh, fun fact, I've been playing some NHL 22 with my roommate, and I did play a game with that Kraken team. Now, you, you know, when it comes to, you know, ratings and stuff, EA can be a little iffy, but there are some things that they aren't usually wrong on. That Kraken team is fast. That is a fast hockey team, which might be I, really intriguing. Callie Yarncroft, who they got from the uh, and Yanni Gord, yeah, and Callie Brandon Tanev and McCann. Like, there's there's some pieces there. Yeah, it, but Yarncroft is one of the better uh, uh, penalty killers I've seen in a long time. Where he's just he's able to play. He's able to play center and right wing at the same time. Tanner was, was a PK one guy for a long time. So, yeah, I mean, they, they've got some PKers with Yard, yeah. Croc, and Tanev. Yeah. That might be a very – do you think they're on the same line or do you think they're going to be stagnant? Um, I don't think you can put them on the same line because neither one of them's a – is Yard, Croc, a faceoff guy? Yes. Okay, then yeah, they're probably on the same line. Yarncroft is a right wing technically for the That's why Predators, I was asking because I knew he was a right wing. But he played an ass load of center. Okay. So yeah, so I would say I'd put him on the same line. Um and then probably Alexiak and Giordano behind him. So I mean that it, it, is Seattle a playoff team? Eh, probably not. Will they be solid? Yes. I think they're a middle-of-the-pack hockey team this year. I don't think they're going to get blown out that often. I don't think they're ever really going to blow anybody out either. I think they're going to compete in every game, um, and I think their goaltending is going to account for that. But if you want to talk to us about hockey a little bit more, especially as this season's ramping up, me and Kobe are huge hockey guys. Um, Sammy, I'm not – you're a little bit of a hockey guy, yeah? I'm a I'm a Fairweather Lightning fan. I watch them here and there during the regular season, and I watch every single one of their. Also, playoff they're games. a huge Lightning fan right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah I haven't so, missed a playoff game of theirs. I haven't missed a playoff game of theirs in about ten years. So there you go. So Sammy, big time Lightning fan. Me and Kobe, massive hockey fans, just in general. Hockey's actually my favorite sport. Um, I mean, I've worked in the fucking hockey industry now for five years, so. Yeah, you want to talk hockey, you can hit us all up on Twitter. Kobe, where can they find you? At BeefGarbon36. Obviously, the prime beef take. So, BeefGarbon36. You know, like I said, I'll talk about football. I'll talk about hockey. I'll talk about pretty much anything. I don't have a lot of friends. So, if you just want to say hi, I'll say hi. Sammy, where can they find you? You can hit me up on Twitter at Samuel underscore Gordon. Talk to me about anything from fantasy football to scotch uh, to uh, soccer to the Tampa Bay Lightning, cigars. It doesn't matter. I'll, I'll bullshit with you about something. And if I don't know anything about it, then I'll at least make it up. Some, try to sound intelligent. Quinn, what about you, bud? 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Quinn underscore Cusky. I'm, I'm telling you right now, if you want to talk some hockey, I'd love to just chat hockey with you. I mean, like, I'll sit there and fucking we'll, we'll chat for hours. I love talking hockey. Um, obviously, I'll talk about fantasy football, NFL football, if you don't want to talk about it from a fantasy standpoint. Um, hey, maybe you just want to know, you know, hey, how do you think my hockey team is this year? You know, send me send me your team and I'll send you back a record prediction. That's what I want to see. You, you just DM, not even DM me, just tweet me your team. I'll reply to it. I'll send you what I, what my record prediction is this season. So I think that'll be fun. Um, so yeah, check us all out on Twitter. Um, as always, I got a music moment for you. Uh, one of my favorite bands, they actually played in Morgantown a couple years ago. I've enjoyed them a few times. My parents have seen them because for some reason they opened for Poison one year. The band is Pop Evil. Uh, this is their newest single. It's Survivor. Check it out. It's fantastic. Peace. Later, fellas. Deuces.